Talk to Patrick Everson in a couple of minutes. Uh, 14-3 at halftime. Seahawks over the Giants right now. Geno Smith, questionable to return. Knee injury. Uh, Drew Locke, 2 of 5, 63 yards. Kenneth Walker finally at least got some carries. 9 for 19. Daniel Jones, 14 of 17, 121 yards. He's been sacked three times. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at an offense and the Giants that just can't move the football at all right now. Some of the halftime props, Kenneth Walker's rushing yards have gone up to 58.5. It closed at 64.5 coming into this game. Uh, Brita's in at 38.5, which is good because people uh, there was a lot on the under 43. There was a 47.5. Don't hate that. That was one of the most bet, ones, uh, most bet props out there. Also, Daniel Jones rushing... Now up to 43 and a half. That's minus 115 uh, both ways. And then receiving-wise, DK Metcalf's DK Metcalf's at 53 and a half. What's it? Right now he has, wait, how many receiving yards does DK Metcalf have? Uh, DK, 30, DK, three for 34. Yep, three for 34. That's, four attempts. Yeah. That's, I mean, four uh, targets. I guess me. the question here would be if they're just going to try to run the ball the whole time. The only way that that goes over really is if the Giants start to make this thing a, a game in the second half. Yeah, really quick because I like torture. Uh, a live one for me. I'm going to go <laughs> oh over... 37 and a half live, and I consider Giants, but it's only eight and a half right now. They're down 11. But I, now you're, I mean, you're gonna have known passing downs for Daniel Jones. He's played a pretty clean game, but there's a chance we get some turnovers. And then you have maybe a backup going in Drew Locke if Geno can't come back. So we might get some short fields. I think we're going to see more offense and maybe some desperation from the Giants. So live total over 37 and a half, really small for me over at Betham Gym. Don't hate that. Well, hopefully the second half will be better than the first one. Patrick Everson's always good, though. We can count on him every single time. Senior reporter, <laughs> Vegas insider, comes on at the same time. We know we know you are not going to be the Giants' offense, my friend. This has been an unwatchable game so far, though, hasn't it? Good God. Oh, I agree with that, and I'm and I actually watched it, even though it's unwatchable. I've watched, as have the three <laughs> of you, I'm sure. And uh, you probably have a little more invested in tonight's game than I do, which is nothing. I did not invest in tonight's game, but. Uh, yeah, this has not been uh, too good, which is unfortunate. We're starting to get uh, a few of these creeping into these primetime slots, these bad games that are standalone games, which is always unfortunate. Everybody everybody gets a chance to tune in, and, and everybody's watching the same game, and you'd like to see uh, – you'd like to have some fun, like to be entertained. Tell me about this Jets game, Pat. Uh, we know mm-hmm. that it was like 92% uh, of the money was on Kansas City. Not a great result for Vegas, but can you break down just kind of how that game went for the books and, and just how overall Sunday went? Well, if you're just looking at straight bets on the spread, Trista, phenomenal. No book is going to complain about that at all. But the prob- the I shouldn't say the problem because this was a good problem for bettors. Um, when you get... When the Eagles get their act together and come back and beat Washington to keep alive Moneyline Parlays and Teasers, and then three popular favorites, two very popular favorites, and a third semi-popular favorite in the late window yesterday, all win, all cover, all Moneyline Parlays, all Teasers, live. Everything was running to Kansas City last night. Every Moneyline Parlay, every Teaser, live to Kansas City. The books were going to get smoked if Kansas City just won that game. Now, there were some books that did okay to, with Kansas City not covering. There was even one odds maker I spoke with today, Trista, that said actually it was a huge swing, and we went from a significant loss to a very small win just because Kansas City didn't cover the number. But I spoke with a couple of other odds makers, and they said, look, we we needed the Jets outright in that game to avoid a loss. And Scott Shelton behind the counter here at BetMGM Nevada. So we're just speaking to how it was in Vegas, but this was a really heavily bet game in Vegas as it was elsewhere. And he said, I quote, we got destroyed. 
It was worse than I thought it would be. I can't even fathom what happens if Patrick Mahomes doesn't kneel at the end. So it was, they got smoked and we're going to get smoked a lot more. So they were probably, they were, you know, in a sense, they got a, you know, a moral victory because Mahomes smartly, by the way, for everybody looking for refunds and all that trash, smartly, by the yes. way, mm-hmm. slid down and said, this game is over. It ends right here. Thank you for playing. Good night. Drive home safely. Um, that was the right play, but it also uh, it helped the books. It did help the books quite a bit, but in some cases, the decision was so huge, Trista. There was so many moneyline parlay teasers, moneyline parlays and teasers to the Chiefs live to Sunday night that it was a pretty good result for the betters. Let me ask you this: When you have such big favorites throughout mm-hmm. Sunday that end up keeping it close with the underdog for three quarters, how much do these live bets on the favorites uh, kill the book? Oh, when they come through, I think it probably it it it's probably harmful. I mean, look, more there more and more people are getting intrigued by live betting, and I encourage it honestly. If you don't like, if you kind of think you want to be involved in a game, but you don't really like the way things look, and you can sort of see in your mind how it might play out, sit and see if in the first quarter or so it does start playing out that way, and then jumping on it. But to your point, Tristan, they do this in the Super Bowl all the time, especially. But I'm sure it's happening more and more in the regular season with these really popular teams, teams like the Eagles. Uh, you know, teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Cowboys, and so on. You know, if they ever, you know, if if they're if things get tight, you get a much better number in game. You get a much better money line number. You get a much much better spread number. Mm-hmm. I think what where the Eagles were down seventeen seven, right? I'm sure they there was a yep. pretty decent number there, and I'm sure, generally speaking, you know, if the public is paying attention, it's a it's a pile on spot. And I know it happens in the playoffs a lot and happens in the Super Bowl plenty. If the Super Bowl favorite goes down, everybody's like, all right, let's go. I'm going to get plus money on the Super Bowl favorite now to come back and win this game. Pat, it's too bad that uh, Dallas laid an egg against Arizona a couple weeks ago, or this game would be two teams that oh, are 4-0 geez. and maybe a mm-hmm. look at the NFC championship game. You never know. But um, – Opener, I saw some two and a half. Now we're out to three and a half with San Francisco. They're at home. San Francisco, Dallas, the Sunday night game, obviously. Total at 45. What's the book going to need here? I feel like the Cowboys probably going to be a popular pick uh, with the public per usual. They definitely will be. Uh, you know, they came back. They got they got right yesterday. It is a shame, as you pointed out, that the, that the Cowboys laid an egg against Arizona. But, but by the way, Arizona was really close to being 4-0 against yeah. the spread after yesterday and probably should have been. But I digress. This was there was an odds maker I spoke with on Sunday night. I speak to every Sunday night, Ryan, and they opened Cow or rather San Fran three and a half, and they got to Niners four pretty quickly. But he said that's where we started seeing Cowboys bets come in, and so they moved back to three and a half, as you alluded to. And he said Dallas will definitely be a trendy dog in this one, but San Francisco always gets good action too. So this is this is going to be a pretty popular uh, uh, a pretty popular game overall in that Sunday night window. Uh, with with two very popular teams, I would if I had to guess if it's anything like last Sunday, then probably the moneyline parlays, uh, maybe not so much teasers with that number, but moneyline parlays are going to run to the Niners. So um, if the favorites have a good day on Saturday and Sunday, or have a good day in at least the the right games for the public, then uh, you know they they might be rooting for Dallas behind the counter. Talking to Patrick Everson, BetMGM tonight. By the way, I want to congratulate you uh, on your Denver Broncos win. Well done. Well done. That was Go, ugly. Getting, on, getting oh. on the board oh, finally. Yeah. Very, very important. Hey, what did the uh, money look like in that game? Because I was trying to figure out like what, what side people were even taking in that. I mean, it was two 0-3 teams, and it was really one of the best games of winless teams that I think I've ever seen. 
Yeah, it sort of turned into that. It didn't look like it was going to be that. It looked like for a moment Denver mm-hmm. was like, hey, we looked really awful in Miami. Let's see if we can look worse against possibly the worst <laughs> team in football, other than ourselves, of course. We want to make sure we've defined ourselves as the worst team in football. Look, it, this was a game that early last week, sharp money was coming in on Denver and took Denver from two and a half to three into three and a half at BetMGM and elsewhere. And, you know, but what Scott Shelton said on late Saturday night, I talked to him late Saturday night, and again, he's with BetMGM here in Nevada. And he said it's a stinker of a game, but somehow they're betting on Denver. Um, and again, sharp, some sharp play on Denver. And the public got involved a little bit as well. But it didn't take a lot of action. But what action there was was on a team that just, you know, that just gave up a 70 burger, which I can't fathom. And it's, you know, I feel like what Chicago did for a, a chunk of that game shows that that faith was misplaced. Okay. Yes. In the end, Denver gets there and wins, but, but it, it doesn't cover the three and a half. And anybody who had three gets, gets a refund. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't widely a popular game, but I think people probably thought it was worth maybe throwing in a money line parlay, and 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 certainly there were some sharp sharp betters in at two and a half and three on Denver. Based on where the you know how Zach Wilson played last night, Pat, do you think that the Jets are going to be a trendy dog on the road, even though Denver obviously a very tough place to play, just based on how bad the Broncos have looked and just recency bias with Zach Wilson. I think they might. He looked good. I mean, look, I, I know that uh, uh, Chris Collinsworth was just over the moon with him last night. And and I'm not saying Chris is wrong to be so. He made some, I mean, just as a casual observer, I have no Incredible back shoulder throws. Oh, my gosh. He made some great throws. And that window on that touchdown pass, there was no win. I mean, it was literally, that was a throw that you, you know, that's a really, really nice throw. He had a really good game. If somehow this is kind of a a step up for him, a kind of a, you know, he something clicked last night, then Denver's going to have some issues. I mean, look, Denver had issues, big-time issues yesterday, got smoked like a cheap cigar last week at Miami. Now, there's no shame in getting beat at Miami, but, I mean, come on, 70 points? This is an NFL team here. Um, yeah. You know, and, and they let Miami walk, or rather Chicago, then walk all over them for, for you know, half to three, half to two-thirds of that game. So I, I think there might be some recency bias and some interest in the Jets, particularly in the New York market. There's always going to be that regional bias that creeps in. And regional bias in a huge market can creep in in a big way. And that New York, New Jersey, obviously a huge market. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets get some, get some money this way. I haven't heard or seen anything early yet, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, Pat, we got about four minutes. I wanted to ask you about two games really quick. One Thursday night because sure. we have to because the Commanders open as a six-point yeah. favorite, which is crazy to see, but it is the Bears. And then the other one I wanted to ask you about really quickly, and maybe a book need, would be Jags-Bills because you would think the Jags mm-hmm. maybe have the advantage. They don't have to travel, but Bills look like a really good football team right now, and that opener was four and a half with a total at 48 and a half. Right. Well, we'll start with the the Thursday nighter. Again, I bounce this off uh, yeah. my odds maker I talk to every Sunday night. And he said early on it was one-way traffic on Washington. He's not surprising with how the Bears have looked through four weeks. Now, obviously, the, the for a chunk of yesterday's game, they looked great. And Justin Fields looked like a world beater. He had something like 132 QBR at one point in yesterday's game. It hadn't and and was like 12 of 12 or something. I don't know, something crazy. But generally yeah. speaking, it's still the Bears, and they did let a, what we've all can can agree on. I think a, they did let a bad Denver team come all the way back and win that game. So he said that uh, he expects they'll need the Bears to cover Thursday night and hopefully win outright because 
he thinks there'll be plenty of, uh, you know, there'll be some money line parlays and teasers that want to get the weekend started with the Commanders. Now, going to that Jags-Bills game, London, early kickoff here, really early kickoff here in the, this is, the, that's that's the one time where the West Coast isn't the best coast, man. I don't like the Pacific time zone for this yeah. 6.30 a.m. in the morning, 6.30 a.m. Sunday kickoffs. Oh. But he said uh, right out of the gate, they did write some smaller Buffalo tickets, nothing really of note. And uh, to your point, Bills four and a half. Which is you know, kind of a deadish number. That I think the odds makers just want to see where the betters want to take them on this one. But he said, I think both sides will yep. draw some action, and and part of that has to do with the Jags not having to travel and and looking a little better last week, and maybe f- trying to figure things out. But uh, he said definitely he thinks the public's going to get involved with the over on this, the total, get in this and bet the over. That that leads me to a really great question, Pat, about Tua obviously being the shortest odds for MVP. Didn't look nearly as good against that Bills defense. Josh Allen, I think, for MVP plus seven fifty. Did did he get any MVP love this weekend after how well he played? Is he getting any tickets? Oh, I would guess he. I would guess he did. I should. I, I mean, that plus seven fifty. I'm almost thinking maybe give it give it a look see. But uh, I haven't seen the latest updates on that yet. I think on Tuesdays, BetMGM tends to send out some numbers on that, kind of their weekly numbers on, on where that market is at. But I wouldn't be surprised with that. I mean, it's always going to be an up and down th- thing these first few weeks, and everybody was all high on Tagovailoa after that week three performance, as they should be. But uh, but look, it's uh, it, there, there's a good horse race here, and, and, and Josh Allen made his case literally against the you know the odds-on favorite at the moment. So... Uh, I could. I, I'm sure he's got. I'm sure he got some love out of that game, and uh, and I might even take a peek at that. Oh, we only got like a minute here, but I know you were at the Vegas Sphere. How was that? That thing looks amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. My the, the the problem, Nick, is I am a serious YouTube junkie. I've seen him like 30 times. I've seen a bunch of incredible shows um, across the country, and I ex- you know with all the hype, I expected just a little bit more over the course of the show. Hmm. But I will say, the first three or four songs had a couple of moments during the show. Unbelievable. I mean, you just can't believe what you're seeing in front of you on these huge screens all the way up to the ceiling. It's it's pretty amazing. It's definitely worth it if you want to take a look. And if you're a U2 fan, even more so. Even if you're a casual U2 fan, it's worth a look. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a venue, no question. Yeah, it looks... I mean, even in the pictures, you're like, damn. I know the pictures don't do it justice, but even if it kind of mm-hmm. does a little bit of justice, you're like, it must be that good. Patrick Everson, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on with us, as always. Thanks, Pat. Absolutely. Thanks, Pat. Thank go you Buffs. all three. You have a have a great week. Yes, go Buffs. Have a great week. Big cover. All right, we got a 14-3 lead still for the Seahawks, and Daniel Jones is getting smothered, and now he goes down. So it's going to be a lot of that in the second half, I think, too, which is fine. Kenneth Walker now 12 carries for 41 yards. Let's keep that going. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Geno Smith also back out on the field. He is. Buddy. So Geno's back out there, 12 yeah, of 15 buddy. for 107 yards and a touchdown. Okay, they can't write Geno off. He won't write back. Don't know what that means. The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.